0: Okay, good morning everyone. <clears throat> welcome to the life and Torah of our leaders. Tuesday mornings at eleven thirty, live with First Seder Bismedrish. Special welcome to our Torah anytime viewers and listeners who will be joining us for this year. And the Siri um, Okay. And um, today we're going to talk about the Machsis Hashekel. The Machsis Hashekel whose yard site will be this coming Sunday, Aleph Nisan, Toph Kuf Samachvav, he was nifter in 1806, which makes this his 215th yard site. His name was Rav Shmuel Halevi Kellan. He was born b'Erech around the year 1720, some say 1724, that neighborhood. Now we don't know a lot about the Machsis HaShakel, the Most of the information comes from a Hespid that his son, Revolf Boscovitz, his name was, because he was, comes from the city of Boscovitz, as we will see. And he was uh, one of the prominent Rabbonim Gedolim of the next generation after the Maxtas HaShekel. And in his sefer called Maimar Esther, which is a sefer of Droshas, the first Jrasha is a Hespid that he said, a eulogy he said on his father and two other Gedolim. And it's broken up into uh, Mamorim, uh, like little different pieces, the drasha, like 20 some. And um, in each piece, he says it's Vartarah, and at the end, he says a few words about his father or about the other Gedolim. So that's where we know most of the information about the Machses HaShekel. It's interesting that on the Oitzra HaChachma, that database, they have the Sefer Mimer Esther, but for some reason they're missing the first drasha. It starts from Drush Beis. I don't know why that is. On HebrewBooks.org, they have the whole Sefer there, and you can find the drasha there. Very fascinating drasha, and a lot of history about his father. So mostly, we're going to quote from there. So he was born, like we said, in about 1720 to his father, and I'm quoting from, the, his, from Revolves Hespid, he says his father was Hamar Hagadol Hacharif, Ubaki, the great luminary, the sharp one, Ner Yisrael, Omar Hayyamini, Patash Hachazak, Amaphursam, the very famous one, Meren Rav Noto Halevi Kelen. So Rab father was a very famous person, says uh, Revolf. His name was Rav Noto Halevi Kellin, and because he was from the city of Kelen. And that is why Rav is called Ribshmol Shmuel Halevi Kelen. Kelen is a city in Bohemia. We've explained already that there's Bohemia and Moravia. Bohemia is like the western part of what we'll call Czechoslovakia now. Bohemia is the eastern part. And uh, Kelen is a city that's about 75 kilometers east of Prague. Um, they were uh, relatives, they were grandchildren of the Megaloha Mukais. Um, the Rav of Krakow, Zechrein of Rocha When he got a little bit older, I don't know what age exactly, he left his father's house, he left Kelin, and he went to the city of Boskovitz. Boskovitz is a city in Moravia, on Marin, which is about 152 kilometers southeast of Kellin, And he went to the very famous yeshiva over there, a yeshiva run by the Rosh Hashiva and the Rav of the city. His name was Erbarya Yehuda Leib, Ben Rebenach Mendel, who was a son of Reb David, who was a son-in-law of the Shuvas Tzemach Tzedek. We've talked about the Shumach, Shuvas Tzemach Tzedek. He's called the Tzemach Tzedek Hakadmain, who was the Rav in Nicholsburg, and um, his his uh, great-grandson Rav Aryeh Yehuda Leib was the Rosh Hashiva and Rav of Buskovitz at the time. Later on, this Rav Leib became Rav in Nicholsburg. Um, as well, just like his uh, forebearer. Um, so, Re- Revolf writes about his father, the Maxis HaShekel, Yodua Goidol Haflogas It's very famous and well-known to everyone about his Asmada, his diligence and learning. Lo'imosh Sefer Mipivu Mi'odav, a Sefer never left his mouth or his hands, whether it's to look at it um, le migras, to learn it up, or liune, or to be ma'ayin, go into depth, le posak pume, his mouth never ceased from learning, and then he says something fascinating, he never went his entire life for amas without learning Torah from the morning till the evening, and even at night, he didn't really sleep so much, and vayoer es halayla. Vayoyer es halayla is a play on the words in Parshas B'Shalach. Vayoyer with an aleph, he lit up the night. So Revolf writes Vayoyer with an ayin, means he awoke the night. Vayoyer es he would, come, he would go to sleep and he would just doze off a little bit and he would be back to learning. So he was a very great diligent masmid in the yeshiva. And eventually he caught the eye of his rebbe's son, the Rav Reblab, as we said, the Rashiva had a son named Moshe, and Reb Moshe, and Reb Moshe had a daughter named Elkala, and Elkala and the Marzis Ashkel Reb Shmuel were married. Who was this Elkala? So Reb Volf describes his mother, She was a very righteous wor- woman, well known for her good deeds. L'chol Ira, for anybody who came to her city, whether it's. In regards to things that are between her and Hashem, and whether it's with acts of kindness, whether she did them physically or monetarily, she was a tzadakis. Reb Shmuel, the Maxis Hashakel, continued his hasmada, his diligence, even after his marriage. And Revolf describes, he says, and the greatest thing that my mother did is what she did for her husband. She Zika bi'adav. She supported him in order that he should be able to learn velasek betira tamid beharvacha kalya mechaya. In order that he should be able to sit and learn tirah without any worries constantly throughout her life. Kihi aisa Bitircha Yesera yaserah umufleges because she went out of her way with tremendous, tremendous tircha bother. Hein Bamasu, matan whether was she was involved in business. Whether it was taking care of the home. Whether it was raising the children. She took it all upon herself in order to allow her husband, Rav to learn Ba'as Rab Shmuel, his name became famous and many Talmidim came to his yeshiva. He became the Rosh Hashiva in Voskovitz and he was the Rosh Hashiva there, says his son, V'yoshev V'yeshiva V'Voskovitz at Karav Lashish for at least close to 60 years he has been the Rosh Hashiva in Voskovitz and um, teaching Talmidim. And he says, Ki Kfar Kimat It's well known almost in the entire world. Mikama Talmidim Unbelievable statement. The thousands of Talmidim. That throughout the years he um, taught and he made put up in the Ulamat and in Yeroshamaim. I'm sorry, in the world, in Tyra and Yeroshimaim. Thousands of Talmidim. And in another place he writes, Vihir bits tairah bi Israel that my father he taught Torah and Kla Yisrael. Yitain Adav. What are the witnesses? Haim Talmidav. Shebichal Hamadina's Halalu. In all of these countries. Shehemid Kama veKama Meios. SheMayir HaRabi Yisrael Oy Haruuyim So before he said he had thousands of Talmidim. Now Revolv is saying he has hundreds of Talmidim who are either Rabbanim or they are fit to be Rabbanim. Now the Chazam Cipher... In Drushus for Zion of, said a hesped on the mafses hashkel, and he writes over there something very astonishing, and he writes as follows. He quotes the Gemara Masechet Megillah that says that Hakadosh Baruch Hu promises that even in our enemies' lands, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not going to be disgusted with us, and Chazal darshan. Chazal learned from here, that what does that mean? That even in Gaulus, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us Gidoilim, they take care of us. Shehemed lohem shall Rabbi Rebi v'chach The Gemara says over there, that HaShem gave us the house of Rebi, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, and the Chachamim of all the generations, the Chachamim of all the generations, in order to help us in our Gaulus. Says the Chasam Soifer, V'zeh be'emes nechama Yisrael. This is a great comfort for calamities that happen to Kla Yisrael. When they have seen after the Beis Hamigdosh has been destroyed, Hayoim today, because he was talking about Zion of, and the Chassam Seifer was very into counting how many years based on a Medrash, she count how many years there are from Khorban Habayis. So he writes, Today was elef Tov shin lamitesh shonim. One thousand seven hundred and thirty-nine years, Babin Niseinu Harabim. So if you just make this calculation, he said this this hesbid in 1806, the year the Machsas Shekel was Nifter. So if you take off 1739, so that means his cheshben is that the Chorben HaBayis was in the year 67 of the Common Era. V'adayin le'am Yisrael. Now he says... It's unbelievable. The Gemara is talking about Rebbe. in the Gemara. That's who Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us to help us in Galus. And the Chasam Sofer says it's still Adain Le'Am Yisrael. We have not been orphaned. We haven't been orphaned. Biraisam when we see Zokin Vitzadik Yoishiv V'Derish Kim Moishem Ipi This elder Tzadik sitting and teaching Torah like Moshe Rabbeinu. Valpaim or talmidim, saliv hatar, and thousands of talmidim around his table. Uma meshchina midaberis mitachgrainai. It's as if the shchina speaking from his throat. Kimoi adineinu hagoin hachosid. Mereiner Rav Shmuel when you see this gadol gemura amitis she'en This is such a great comfort. There's no greater comfort than seeing the Maxis HaShakel. Then he goes on to say, now the maxes HaShakel was nifter, so we're terribly broken. But listen to the words of the chasam seifer. Where he's saying that the nechama that we have, that maxes hashekel, was one of those Gedalim that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has given us. To survive the gallus, and this is no greater comfort than seeing a Gadol like him surrounded by his thousands of Talmidim. Let's talk about his tfilah. His son says, he was very strong and held on to the Amud Hatvila. Kimila Yadea Who doesn't know about all of his tvilahs? not only for the inhabitants of his city, even from faraway places, anyone who had someone sick in his house, or at any type of situation, people would send him their personal taurus, and he would constantly be davening for the taurus of Kla Yisrael. Vichal tvi l'Yisov in all of his prayers. Ere v'vayker v'tzarayim, morning, evening, afternoon. Achas mehena loyna dora. There wasn't one that he missed. Shiloi ha'yashufich demoyez k'mayin hanevayah. That he wasn't crying like a flowing spring. Chasher miksachem e'deriyah. So Revolf was saying this, Hespidi he was saying, some of you were eyewitnesses to the tears that he shed by every tefillah, but v'kul de'shmia, every one of you heard about him. It was very famous, his tears and his tefillahs. He was also a very big parush, someone who was a person who separated himself from pleasures, worldly pleasures. lekol l'kol re'yishemesh, his son says it's well known, How he separated himself from all the pleasures of Olam And he only took, and he only benefited what he needed in order to live. And in another place he says, He had a lot of uh, fasts and different things that he did to afflict himself. And not only that, He wore on his flesh, under his clothing sackcloth, wearing sackcloth is a symbol of mourning, it's a symbol of tsar, and he wore it under his begadim for close to 50 years. That was part of his precious from Ma'lam Ha'zeh and his sharing in the tsar of the world. His son says, Ha'davar Gali L'chal, it's well known, ki Yahid yachid b'daira, b'taira, b'mitzvahs over that in these three things, he was someone unique in the generation. Torah, mitzvah, and gemilis chasadim. And he writes, Sheh lo'iniach dover galdo v'dover katam in ha-mitzvahs. There was not anything, not anything big or small, that he did not do, did he not perform, when it came to mitzvahs, hanuhugas bizbaneinu, mitzvahs obviously that we're able to perform nowadays, whether it's the Rites, the Rabbanim, bein la lamokim, bein kaveray and he wasn't only happy doing the mitzvahs himself, he was he inspired other people and urged them to perform the mitzvahs. says his son, the time will run out. However, the stories will never end. There's too much to say. Um, he continues and he says in a different place, when he talks about his diktuk and mitzvahs Hashem, he brings a very interesting example. He says that he was Magia, he corrected all the Sifre Torah in the city of Boscovitz. He corrected them all to make sure they're all Kasher. And nevertheless, every Erev Shabbos, he would go through the Sefer Torah that was going to be read that Shabbos, just in case there was some type of mistake that occurred since he had checked them all and fixed them. And he would fix it before Shabbos. Why? Because he was afraid maybe they'll read in Sefer Torah They'll be reading in the Torah and they'll find a mistake. And it'll be a shame, it'll be degrading that you have to put the Sefer Torah back in the Oren Kaidish because there's a mistake. It's not not covered for the Torah. And also it's possible that there'll be brachas levatala if it was Apostle Sefer Torah. So that's an example of how he was careful to make sure that people did not make a brachal of Atala and the covet of the Sefer Torah. He was also very involved in the schools and the children in Tinaika Bes um, Rabon. And his son says, Toida l'akel, thanks to Hashem, har be many of the children in the schools when he was involved they grew up and they were successful and they were able to actually learn in the yeshiva. The education that he made sure they got prepared them to be able to learn in yeshiva. And then he says an unbelievable thing. He says, that's some of them, or many of them, he writes. But but all of them, at least, they could say brachas, and they're able to read Sefer Tillim with a Dikta uh, with, with Gatzim with in a very exact and precise manner. So, that was, if you, when you look around, what we tried to get a picture of what the Chinuch at the times wa, were, that was success. That if all the children in the school could at least Davin, grow up to Davin and say Brachus and read Tehillim, a more success, obviously, was the ones that made it to Yeshiva. When it comes to how great he was in Gemilis Hasadim, he took care of Aniyim and aniyois, and he gave them food, he gave them to drink, he clothed them, he spent Yafazir Mamo'inah, he spent his money. Afkiloi ha kol yama, son says he wasn't rich. And not only wasn't he rich, he also never wanted to take from anyone else. He was Mistapik Mimuat, he survived on the minimal amount, yet... He made sure to get as give out as much money, and sometimes he collected money in order to help aniim. And he would marry off uh, orphans, boys and girls, and uh, also uh, children of poor people. He would marry off, and he would give them very a very prominent and 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 good dowries from them. And he was other people. He, he he inspired other people to help in this mitzvah. And then he writes, Was there anyone like him involved in biker Choylem, in sick people, in what they need for their health, what types of medicines they need, besides that he would visit them twice a day, personally? It was a person who made peace between a man and his friend, and a man and his wife. He was involved in all types of Gemilus chasad he was very humble, his anivus. He left in his tzavah that they should not call him any types of titles, not goin, not rav, not chosid, not onov. They shouldn't give him any titles. And in fact, there's a very famous story that he said that his Matseva should be very simple matseva without any types of shvach, any types of praises. However the inhabitants of the city they they didn't listen to him and they couldn't hold back their rav such a guy Hashiva. I'm sorry he wasn't the rav he was the reshiva for 60 over 60 years and he grew up in in Boscovitz. he was in the yeshiva himself how could they not give him a beautiful matzeva so they erected a beautiful marble matzeva and they wrote all these types of things on it and that night the night that they put it up in some uh, way that was no one understood the thing shattered and was broken. And the there was a Rav named Rabbi Chesko Reich, who was a Rav in Yerushalayim. And uh, this was uh, after the war, and he had earlier, I think after the war, and earlier, before the war, obviously, he had been a Rav in Boscovitz. And he said that he thought that this was like a legend. He said, "Doesn't it's a nice story, but really? Like that night it was broken? And uh, then he says when he was a Rav in and they had to, they renovated the shul, they actually found pieces of that broken Matzeva. And he said he saw it with his own eyes. And I saw brought down somewhere that he actually had put out a kuntris for the Chavra Kadisha of Vascovitz, um that he actually put the pictures of that broken Matzeva in that pamphlet. I did not find uh, a copy of that pamphlet, if someone has a copy of that. Um, I would love to see that. Um, but this is what this Rabbi Cheska Reich said he saw it with his own eyes. They actually offered him the Rabbanus in many prominent kahilites. They offered him the Rabbanus in Prague before the de Behuda, the Rabbanus in Ivan before the Marah Mitz. They offered him the Rabbanus in Pressburg. Um, he, he was very, uh, when, he, when he was offered the Rabbanus in Pressburg, he actually answered back and he says, I should be a rub in Pressburg if you invite me to be the shul clopper. He's the one who walks around and wakes people up for davening, like the gabai, the shamish, that I'd be happy to be. But to be the rub of the city of Pressburg, that I can't be. Um, they tried again to get him and they told him they'll even make a big yeshiva for him. So he answered back like in a jokingly way, um, based on the words of the Magan Avram, and the Machsus HaShakel, his Pirish, as we'll see soon, was a Pirish on the Magan Avram. And the Magan Avram, there's different nuschois there's different, um, um, to this story, exactly how he said it. I'll say the one, the way Reb Nassim Gestetner um, which said it over. And he said that, the, you know, when we say Tachanan in the morning, or or by Mincha as well, we say, V'anachnu loy Manasa. So the Magan Avram says that when you say the words, V'anachnu loy That should be done, be yeshiva, sitting down. And then you stand up and you say, Manasseh, we don't know what to do. So in a play on words, he said, V'anachnu le'neida, be yeshiva. He said that if we don't know, be yeshiva, meaning we don't learn enough, we're in yeshiva. So then, Manasseh, how are we going to be able to accomplish anything? So he was telling the city of Pressburg that I never learned enough in yeshiva, so I'm not able to become the Rav Anachnu be yeshiva. So Manasseh, what are we going to do if we never learned properly in yeshiva? The Chazam Soifer in his Hespid writes, and he says, with all of his greatness, and his Chachman, his chasidus. He-ra. And the Chassam Sefer also says he has hundreds of Talmidim who are Rabbanim. Why didn't he ever become a Rav? Why did he remain a Rosh Hashiva? So he says, the Chassam Sefer says, There's no doubt that the tzaddik's reason was in order that he should be free, in order that he could teach thousands and ten thousands of Talmidim. And he could daven for us, his unbelievable tzviloise. Uh, and he left over all tikkun o'ilam le the yoke of fixing the world, of being Rabbanim. He left over to his many talmidim, sheshimshu kaltzarchim, who were able to accomplish this. So the Chassam Cypher seems to say that he didn't want to become a rav because he wanted to teach the talmidim. He wanted to be able to mispalo for people, and therefore he left the yoke of rabboness to, uh, to his to his to his Um The Baal Shemin and Rekeach in his haspid, he says a little different. He, he says a little differently, and he says he never wanted to benefit from anyone. the smallest amount. Um, he didn't want to benefit not from private people, not from communities and therefore that's why he next, never accepted on himself a Rabbonus because then he's going to have to benefit from people in the community. The Chesam Seifer, when he was younger they, he was offered a Shidduch that actually the Machs is the one who was the go-between and, and read the Shidduch to him and offered the Shidduch to him but the father-in-law wanted that the Chesam Seifer should immediately become rabb of a city. And the Chassam Seifer said he wasn't interested. He doesn't want to be a Rav. And the Machsah Shekel told him, I want you to know that I was able to get out of the gezera of rabanus that was put on me. He says, but you are not going to be successful to get out of that gezera." And the Chassam Seifer later on used to tell his Talmidim, Kamagadol k'yach shenitzkaim How great was the curse of the Tzadik that happened with me that it was not able to get out of the gezera of being a Rav. Now, even though he was a great anav, he was also someone who gave musar. bas He would give musr in public. He didn't care. He didn't. He didn't. Uh, he wasn't. He didn't favor anyone. He wasn't scared of anyone. And in one place, his son writes, kal, kal tamid, This he would constantly give Musar. And especially on Shabbos after the meal, after the meal on Shabbos until Mincha, people would come to listen to his drashas, He would make sure to give a there. If you remember when we talked about Ibn Nasan Adler, Ibn Nasan Adler had to leave Frankfurt and he became the Ravin Bos- Boscovitz in around the year 1782. And, um, obviously, Rev, the Maqs was there as the Rosh Hashiva, and he accepted Rev. and Adler very much, he was Mechabenim, and if you remember from Rav and Adler, he had a lot of Tsaris, because people didn't understand his, uh, his, his Kabbalah and his precious and the Shaka went out of his way to make sure that no tsar, no pain should come to Reb and Adler. And there's a famous story that the government at that time said that anything silver had to be turned over to the government. And Reb and Adler had a, a, a Sefer Torah. We mentioned this in the Reb Adler share. Had a Sefer Torah that had little silver coins, um, I guess on the mantle or on the crown or, or somewhere on the Sefer Torah. And someone snitched to the government that Reb Noson Adler is, is not not turning in these coins, and they were going to come and arrest him um, if that was true. And they were learning the Chassam Seifer and Reb Noson Adler, Chassam Seifer was a bacher, was a child, and the, he was learning the Reb Nassim Adler. And they heard some banging in the middle of the night coming from upstairs in the in the house or in the mishmedrash. And uh, the the Reb Nassim Adler sent the Chassam Seifer to see what's going on, and he saw the machzah shekel there with a hammer. Chiseling out the coins in order that uh, he shouldn't be caught with those coins, and he made the chazam Soifer promise not to tell Rebbi Nasan Adler that he should not, not know that people actually snitched on him, and he'll have tsar tsar from that. We said then also the Machsah shekel in Hilchas Pesach and Tafayin Gimel, by Karpas brings that he heard b'shem gavra raba, a great person, and they say that's referring to re- quoting Rebbi and Adler. Now, even though the Machsah Shekel is not normally considered and counted as one of the Rabbeim of the Qasam Seifer, but the Chesam Seifer, when he learned with Remnas and Adler and Boscovitz, would go here, Shurim, in Arachayim, in Shorchan Arach Arachayim, from the Machsah Shekel. He quotes the Machsah Shekel numerous times in his Sfarim. in the footnote in the Hespit, in the Droshus that we mentioned before, um, Rabbi Yosef Stern. In the footnote, there quotes all the places where he quotes the Marxas uh, Hashkel, and um, he always, most of the time or many of the times he call, calls him Hagoin Hachasid. And in fact, there's a Tshuva in Chasam Seifer, Chelik Zayin Tshuva Gimel that the Chasam writes to Revolf Baskovitz to the to to the son to ask him to ask his father two small things, two small things, and he writes. For the Master, they're small. But for me, it's a big thing. A play on the Gemara that the Gemara says, Is Yer a small thing? So the Gemara says, For Meish, it's a small thing. So the play on the words, he says, I want to ask him two small things that for maisha are two big things. And when he Asks his son to ask the questions. He calls the Machzis He says, "Lishol me Aviv, please ask your father." Adoini, myri verabi hachosed. So he calls him myri verabi, even though he wasn't one of his primary rabbeim, However, he considered him as rabbi. Now the Machzis is interesting. In the next Tshuva, Tshuva Gimel answers him back, and he says, "Now he writes, Shalom lahuvi Yadidi habacher." so he was still a Bachar, this was, the le- the date on the letter is t- Teshvat Toph Kuf uh, Mem Zayin, so 1787, so the Chesam Seifer was still a Bachar at the time, um, it was about a year or two after he had left Boscovitz already, and, um, because in Toph Kuf Mem Hey, Rav Nasser Adler left uh, back to Frankfurt, and uh, he tells him, he, it's, he starts off and he tells the Chesam Seifer, he says, I don't know why you're asking two things. The Gemara and Shulchan Aruch says that when a Rebbe is learning one thing, you can't ask him in a different Masechda. And even if for G'dayim, we're able to do that, but not for me. And he answers him on the first Shailah. And on the second question, he says, on your second question, please believe me, I didn't have time to be maayan. I didn't have time to look into it. The Sam had a Talmud named Reb Zekel And he brings two maizahs that the chassam seifer would say about the machzah shekel. One of them is the machzah shekel had a minig when it came to money that he collected and used for orphans. So he had like a gemach. So he would lend the money out. But um, people would want to give him collateral for lending the money. However, he refused to lend the money with collateral. He was afraid of ribbis, Different ribbis shayles, he didn't want to get involved in lending. So he, what he used to do was he actually would sell it. And, I'm sorry, he would buy the collateral. So he would use the money of orphans to buy, so to speak, this collateral. And when the guy wants to, quote unquote, come pay, pay back the loan and get his collateral back, he's basically buying back his collateral. And the Chassam would charge him a few extra dollar. I'm sorry, the Maqsa Shekel would charge him a few extra dollars in order to make some money for the, uh, for the assignment. Um, so there was once a person who came and he was looking to borrow money and they told him, go to the Machs Shekel. And Machs Shekel says, I don't lend money. And he went back to the people and they said, no, it's he, he's going to buy it from you. But don't worry, he's not going to touch the collateral. Machs of Shekel says, no, it's my collateral. I might take it if I need it. The guy went back to the people who sent him there. They said, yeah, that's what he says, but it's not really true. Don't worry about it. And... I, my understanding of what happened with the story is as follows, that I guess the Max Shekel noticed that the guy really wasn't so on board with the sale. And he thought the whole thing is a joke. So to him, it was more about lending. And I guess he was nervous about that. And even though he did the sale, later on... When they went through the money of that was in the coffers for the Yusayimim, they found numerous coins that were no longer in circulation. And it was the exact amount that this person had paid extra to buy back his collateral. Pella. Was a Pella. So my understanding was that since perhaps the person didn't really mean it and it was a really problem of ribis here so all those extra coins were ribis so HaKadosh Baruch made it that somehow in the coffers of the Yosayimim there was exactly that amount that was not in circulation anymore so therefore it didn't count and therefore no one ever benefited from the ribis that happened. That's my understanding of the story. The Chazam Seifer would talk about his Midas HaEmes there was one time someone was found dead in Buskovitz, a guy, And next to him was a bloody knife that came from the kitchen of the Machzah Shekel. And they were going to come in and arrest the Machzah Shekel. So people told him, they told him in Eitzah that when you come to court and they say, is this your knife? Say, it's not my knife. So when he got there and the judge asked him, is this your knife? He, he got up and he said, I have to say the truth. And that is, it is my knife but I didn't commit this crime. And when they saw how emistic he was, how truthful he was, they realized that Ataka was not him. So let's talk about his Sfarim, the Machsus HaShekel is his famous se- his Sefer. This Sefer really was very widespread amongst, as we said, he had hundreds and thousands of Talmidim long before it was printed. And it seems because um, he would give Shurim and explain the words of the Magan Avram in the Yeshiva, and the Talmudim would write notes, and he himself would write notes. And uh, because of that, all these chidushim were widespread amongst the Talmudim of all the years. We're talking about 60 years of Talmidim. Um, and because he kept on giving Shurim, there ended up being many different maduras, many versions of the Mahsah Shekel. Because he would constantly be Machadesh. So as a new, you know, as the years went on, the notes changed, things changed. There were all different maduras of it. And his son-in-law, in the preface to Mach Sashaka, writes, he says, these Kisve HaKadosh, his writings, Ivduri Ivdur Ba'almah, to spread over the entire world through his Talmidim and his Talmidim's Talmidim. rak and Nuschayis Maduri But they're all different Nuschayis, all different texts, which it makes sense, because Talmidim took notes, it was his own notes, and therefore even though at the end he ended up preparing his Sefer, Maxis HaShelkel, for print, however, there were all different versions that were spread out through the whole, the whole, the whole world. Now, his son-in-law writes that I didn't take any askamas on the Sefer. He says, because first of all, one reason for askama is to l- let people know who the Mechaber, who the author is. He says, everyone knows who the Master was. He says, if everyone knows who he is, why do I have to bother Rabboni Goynei Zmanenu to write askama? Number two, he says, is my father-in-law commanded us that we can't, um, he, we shouldn't, um, he sh- we shouldn't give him titles of Goyin, Rav, Chassid, Anav. So he says, how am I going to get Haskamas where they're going to praise him? He didn't want praise. So in a Haskama, most of the time, they praise the author. So I didn't want to take Haskamas. Now the Machsah Shekel himself in the Hakdama writes, Tachas Chidush Yashas. I actually have Chidush Shas. He was a Rosh for years. Not only saying Shir in, in Shulchan Aruch, he, was, he said Shir in Gemara. And he says, I really could print that, but that's not something that has a purpose for generations. But that has a, that has a purpose. And he says the words of the Mugan Avram are very short, and many of his things, he's very concise, it's hard to understand them. Many of the things he says needs explanation. And therefore, he says, he and Gedailim, they understand the Magan Avram. But me and people of my uh, stature, we don't understand it. And therefore, I come to explain it. And he says, I don't tell you that I'm saying the right shot. I don't say you have to accept what I'm writing. He says, first of all, I don't know anything. And he says, I also didn't have enough time. I had to divide up my time. I have other obligations. And he says many of the Svarim the and Avram quotes I never saw in my life. He says for example the Sefer Akdailah that he brings many times he says I only was able to, I only had that Sefer Derech Mikra it just happened, Pamacha Zaleza Zashoyz. At one time for only a few hours I had that Sefer. And many of the other Svarim I never even saw. So it was very hard for me to actually write the Pirush without seeing clearly what the Sefer says. He called the Sefer Machsis Hashekel. Now the truth is, Shekel is Shmuel Kellen Levi. That's what Shekel stands for. But he says, I'm calling it Machsis HaShakel. Why a half a Shekel? Kim like kivanti al-merkaz Because if I was not mechavein to the truth of the words of the monk and Avram and everything, but at least Machsis Ames. I hope that at least half of what I've written is true. So therefore it's only a Machsis. And he says, and then there's another reason that is locked in my heart that why I called it Machsus HaShekel. The, um, the Chassam Seifer said that the Machsus HaShekel told him Nosan Adler that he called his Seifer Machsus HaShekel because he says that the Magen Avram, his Seifer is two things. There's Nister and there's Nigla. There's like the hidden Tyra and there's the revealed Tyra. He says in the hidden Torah, I didn't understand anything the Magen Ram wrote. In Nigla, I was zaycha to understand half of it, and therefore, I um, and therefore I called it Maxis HaShakel. The Reb and Adler said, I actually do know a little bit of Nister, and still I didn't even come to a third of understanding what the Magan Avram writes B'derech Nister. But that is another reason that uh, the Chhassam used to say over why he calls it Machsas HaShekel. Now, as we said, he prepared it for printing, but it only was printed after about a year after his Petira. And from then, numerous different versions of it was printed, I guess maybe as they collected all different types of Maduras, until finally, a few years later, it was finally printed as part of the Shulchan Aruch, and now it's in the bottom of the Shulchan Aruch, under, so you could look at the Machsah Shekel to understand the of Avram. There's also Machsah Shekel on, on the Shach in Yaradeya, on Nida and other Halachas, there's some on Eben Ezer, Kedushan and Gitin, he has some drushes, some mesechtes, but like we said, his main work was the machsas He had three sons and looks like two daughters. His oldest son was Revolf Boscovitz, as we said, from the G'dayli Hadar. His second son was Rebbe Yaakov, was well known for his hasmada, his diligence. His third son was Reb Yehuda, was a big tzaddik and a chassid. And the machsas used to say, if I would have the brain of my, the head and the brain of my volf, and the diligence of my Yaakov, and the tzidkus of my Yehuda, if I would have all those three things, I would be a shena balabas. I would be a fine balabas. he used to say. Um, he had one son-in-law named Reb Yaakov Ber Bich, Be'i Yud Ches, and he was the one who put out the Machs the We quoted him before. He had another son-in-law named Rabbi Sacher Ber, that was married to his daughter Esther. He had a daughter, Sarah Hinda, that was nifter in the same year as her father. I'm assuming that she was married to Reb, the first one, the Rabbi Yaakov Ber. I saw that there's a little bit of a uh, lack of clarity in that part. Was she a different, a third daughter or not? So those were his children. And like we said, he was nifter on a Thursday, Yaim Hamishi, Chaydish Deshnishan, Tov Kof Samichvav. And he was nispat aydei the Hadar, that had a spadim on him over the next uh, few months. Chasam Soifer, the tshuva Meyavah, reflectless. That's the Talmud of the night. The has a has a on him, and others as well. Just to say one last var from him. There's a very famous var from the Chasam Soifer. It's brought in the drushes uh, page. Sadizayin Amidbeis in the Haga in the, in the footnote there from his chedushim b'avasra. And the Pasuk Siso Ita Masa is Kala Misablim That the Gemara says, Anyone who's Yerushalayim, anyone who mourns on Yerushalayim, Zoycha, Viroya, Bismchasa will merits and seize its happiness. And the Chasam cipher is bothered, why is it in Elosh and Haiva? In present tense, Be happy now, you should celebrate, If you're mourning, you're not celebrating. It should be, more now, in the future, you'll celebrate. So the Chhazam Soifer famously said that, a mace, someone who, 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 if a person, a family, a relative, a family member passes away, so there's a gzera that after 12 months is nishkach min alev. It's forgotten from the heart, meaning that same pain is no longer there. Person's able to move on with life. Why? Because the person is mace. They're no longer here anymore. So he says that if we wouldn't be mourning over Yerushalayim, that would mean that Yerushalayim is mace. It's dead. It's never going to come back. So the fact that we're misabala Yerushalayim, the fact that now we're still mourning on Yerushalayim, zoyche b'simchasa. That means right now we should be happy. We should be happy and comforted that Yerushalayim is not dead. It's going to be rebuilt, and the proof to that is that we're still mourning about it. Because if we weren't mourning about it, if we forgot about it, that means it's never going to come back. So says the Chasam Soifer: Chayotze b'ze shamati b'shem agunachasid, machzis hashekel. I heard this very similar thing from the Maxis Hashem on the Pasuk and Eicha Paragimel. Think Pasuk Yates or Chav. Zachar Tiskar. you should remember. But the Nafshi, and I will mourn in my heart, despondent in my nephesh. Zoys Hashem, this I put on my heart. Alkain Oichel, therefore I yearn. Said the Maxis Ashekel, Ayadei Shatu Hashem, Zachar Tiskar. Hashem, you're going to remember. You're going to rebuild Yerushalayim. You're remembering Yerushalayim that you're going to rebuild it. <speaking in Hebrew> so therefore, I'm full of mourning. Because there's a future for Yerushalayim, I'm able to mourn now. <speaking in Hebrew> and when I think about that, when I think about the fact that I still mourn about Yerushalayim, therefore I yearn That's the proof that Yerushalayim is going to re- be rebuilt. And the Chassam Seifer ends off, Div pi chacham chayn, yushak, lick your lips, uh, smack your lips with such sweetness, such beautiful words. So that famous verse from the Chassam Seifer really has its sources earlier in the Maksas HaShekel, we should be zeicha that we should talk to see Yeshua's, we should be zeicha to see the coming of Mashiach Tzidkeinu, bimherav v'yameinu, S'chusa yogin aleinu Yisrael Cult of everyone.